you know? Hey, man, we're going to go yeah. find the Wicked Death Star. He's got <laughs> Wicked Fats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 154 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Welfley on hosting duties today, and I am joined, uh, as always, uh, by my co-hosts, Tim and Johnny. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Andy. We're, uh, we're excited. This is our, our uh, first, and I don't actually even know. Is this going to be our, our only recording in, in December, or are we going to do another episode later mm. on? Oh, I hope not. We usually, I mean, I hope not we usually skip a cycle for Christmas. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Well, I shouldn't even brought, I shouldn't have even brought it up. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> ah, we might Holiday it. guilt. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like there's a lot going on this December that's not usually going on. And we that's true, a, yeah. We didn't have a Although, big, like, screw 2020 episode, too. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I started making greeting cards today that say FU 2020 with a funny little poem in the middle, but I realized I couldn't actually do anything with them. <laughs> so nervous energy. I might just make a little zine. Or make some stickers. You totally should. When and get a tattoo. Turn it into a zine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, we this is a really uh, extra special episode tonight. We have a uh, a great guest. Um, we have Ali Sarah, uh, who is a uh, vintage pencil collector and a talented artist and an all around just really great uh, erasable group member. So, Ali, hi and welcome. Guys, thanks for having me. That's a very yeah. kind, that's a very kind open. <laughs> but <laughs> it's true. Thanks. Now I'm super stoked. I'm yeah. Excited. Um. So before we um before we kind of like jump into everything, um, Ali, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, if whatever whatever information you want to share and you think people might find relevant. Uh, sure, man. So, uh, live in Seattle, and uh, you know, married, kids, twins, La- ladies, he's taken. Yeah, yeah, that's not an issue <laughs> uh, ever, but that's good. Uh, How no, old are your seriously. twins? Uh, they just turned seventeen yesterday. Wow! So wow! Cool. Hardcore. Yeah. No. Happy they're, birthday. They're great. No. Yeah, I'll tell them. They'll listen to it, so I'm sure they'll be excited. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So either way, so twins. That's great. Um, so by day, right? Like I. I'm in construction. I manage high-end residential construction for some select clients here in the Seattle area. And by night, right, like um, artists try to sling some art. I love making stuff and just really appreciate all things vintage. And, you know, uh, it's 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 who I am, man. Very yeah. right and left brain kind of guy, nice. you know? Yeah. Well, if you if you're in construction management in Seattle, you are in the right place. I have it never is, seen so many cranes and high rises going up. Dude, I think the, the our record was I mean there was like 60 at one point or something like yeah. it was it was insanity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um but we're, yeah. Oh, go ahead. We were talking about this before the show, but I uh, my, I was taking a trip to Seattle in March and that was the first, uh, first COVID trip I canceled. And I was just like super bummed about that. That's right. Yeah. That. I think, um, you know, I mean, it obviously it sounds like you have a love for Seattle, but I have an equal love for uh, San Francisco. So <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I'll be waiting, ready to, to travel here sh- when shortly. Things open back up. We'll have to, you know, yeah. join up and hang out. Yeah. yeah, in 2024, whenever that's going to be. Yeah, well, no, whenever kidding. it's going to be, who knows? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, um, let's uh, let's jump into tools of the trade. Um, Ali, do you want to go first? Uh, maybe tell yeah, us yeah, sure. uh, what kind of media you're consuming, and then also what you're writing with and writing on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's great. I'm uh, well, literally consuming um, a little bit of Woodford Reserve as we Ooh. as we have our uh, our podcast here. But nice. yeah, no, uh, I've been totally digging the Mandalorian, like a lot of people have. I don't know if you guys are you guys uh, into oh, yeah. that watching it. I haven't yeah. seen the second season yet, but I'm ready. I'm, sa- I'm saving it for a Christmas break. It is quickly climbing up my list of favorite Star Wars things, just in general. I mean, it's totally. so it's so totally. good. I'm, I'm only I'm only two episodes into this new season, but I'm I'm just savoring it. I'm just I'm loving it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's like uh, we're pretty caught up. But it is, uh, I agree, man. It is completely my favorite. Like I really enjoyed Rogue One. Because it was like this departure, right? Like, and it was like different. the The music was similar. is a great soundtrack, but the music was similar in the story, parallel story, but it was different, right? Um, yeah, Mandalorian is just like the production values off the charts, but the story's fantastic, right? You know, so I think it's awesome. I have one nerd out question for you, but did you <laughs> did you did you notice anything about? the Marshall's speeder in the first episode. No, I'm pretty sure based on what I saw that his speeder is made out of the remnants of Anakin's pod racer. Oh, wow. Dude, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to go back. Yeah. Check it out. (laughs) And I, you know, and I, I'm not like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely into star wars right but i'm not gonna mm. argue who shot first or all this other stuff but <laughs> uh that's pretty that's pretty awesome if that's the case dude i'll totally check it out yeah, yeah i great. i was i was definitely a um I, I mean somebody tweeted this the other day and i totally agree with it i think rogue one is just like the best of any of the star wars movies like it the plot was just like so good and it kind of like ended in a very like like poetic justice was served and right. it just, yeah. And so I'm a huge Rogue One fan and, and you're right. The Mandalorian just is like such a good story set in that universe that may or may not connect with other things, but it's uh yeah, it's like each episode. I, I mean, so much TV out there is like a little movie, but yeah. none so much as the Mandalorian, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Do you see that they're, uh, they're, I saw a joke on Saturday night live that they, they're starting to film the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Hmm. Um, and they say so joked about it on weekend updates because they're starting filming in Boston, apparently. <laughs> they're <laughs> That's joking about that. They talked about how like it's going to be about his cousin Obi Sean Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Obi, o- yeah. Obi Sean, yeah. You know, but, uh, oh gonna go gosh. find Yoder. That's, so <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> nice. Uh, Obi Wan's yeah. wicked, wicked smart, <laughs> wicked smart. <laughs> You know? Hey man, we're gonna go yeah. find the wicked Death Star. He's got wicked fast. Wicked fast. Find yeah. some Ewoks in the Death Star. Dude, this is fantastic. Andor. Yeah, I, I got nothing after that. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool, man. Uh, and then yeah, so the other thing is Ted Lasso, man. Have you guys ever seen? Uh, yeah. Ted Lasso. That's just. I saw it. I have not. It's really good. Dude. It's on. Um, it's on Apple TV. Um, Apple TV Plus. So yeah. if you, which you can subscribe to, even if you don't have an Apple TV. So um, that is that is available. It's very good. It is. It was like a sleeper one for me. You know, and it came recommended, and we were like, I don't know. I mean, we like soccer. The boys play soccer, and 
Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty great. If you haven't seen it in a nutshell, like there's this, uh, you know, the wife of this billionaire premier or, you know, soccer club owner, they get a divorce, they go through a nasty divorce and then she hires this U S coach who's Jason Sudeikis, you know, Saturday night live. And he's got no experience whatsoever coaching any kind of soccer. <laughs> he coached like a like a, a um, college, college football, football right? team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of the you know it's but it ends up being like this feel good story, man, that is just it's fantastic. It's, Didn't it start out as like a commercial series it did. or something? It did. Yeah, it, I thought I, I remember those. Yeah. They did some uh, yeah. promo videos for NBC when the Premier League was they were doing coverage or something like that and then mm-hmm. yeah, they just completely spun it off into uh Oh wow into the show and it's it was awesome what i i love about it so um you know i'm a, I'm a big um buffy the vampire slayer fan and nice. my cat uh rupert is named after rupert giles from buffy the vampire slayer That's a great name. and played by uh anthony stewart head um who plays the rupert in ted lasso who used to own the soccer team oh, nice. and so when he when he showed up who um, knows kevin bacon and there's yeah, who knows kevin, kevin bacon, bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who went to high school with johnny Gibbs. yes there it is <laughs> oh man i'm not that old yeah. <laughs> That's true. For two seconds, I was like, Johnny looks good, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Yeah, no, that's funny. But it's a good show. If you haven't, it's yeah, it's a good one for sure. Um, yeah, cool. So what's, uh, let's see, what's next? What am I writing with on? Um, dude, that's such a loaded question. Yes. Is that the right answer? I mean, dude, you know. All the things. Um, all the things, dude. No. Um, so by day, like. Um, Right now, I have a, a volume fifty-four and a a six hundred two um, that I hacked with a. It's actually it's a little convoluted. It took five pencils to make it, so it's a it's a six hundred two, a new one with that like Tombow mono little gold ring, you know, and then a one fifty-five ferrule, a Diana clip, and a eight forty eraser. I love it. It's pretty oh, wow. rad. <laughs> wow, but you know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I dig it. That and then, awesome. uh, and right now on my desk, I have a, uh, Blackfeet Indian number two, but literally at the moment nice. I'm writing with a two B microtomic. but, uh, so my wait for it, go to notebook is the Chronicle books. Go to notebook. <laughs> if you've ever, <laughs> you ever, uh, I don't know. They're in your neck of the woods. Are they not? Um, Andy? Yeah. The publishing house is here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's, Used to be part of uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, but I, I don't think I'm familiar oh, with that notebook. Oh, interesting, dude! You know, just, paper. Totally, yeah. No, oh, it's, it's still, the one with the with the like Battlestar Galactica edges. D- yes, <laughs> yeah. That say that. Uh, yeah, those are cool. I I just dig it. You know, I've gone through. You know, I'm pretty hard, just given the nature of what I do during the day. Pretty hard on notebooks, and um, they um, use uh, Mohawk mo- paper. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic, and I um, it's that super fine paper, so it's I don't know, it's pretty red, yeah. but it's dot grid, and I mean I like it because there's no corners, uh, no like rounded corners or corners that are going to get all banged up, you know, so to speak, and it's all the pages are numbered, and it's but they last. That's the key for me. Yeah. Like they just they last so long, so totally dig that. And then I just started 
uh, I just wrapped up one of the uh, national parks for my sketches. I, I for field note wise, you know, but I just grabbed uh, my buddy Matt Ramirez got me a. I've never used it. It's like a, I think it's a Baron Fig Vanguard, like a little pocket notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It says garbage thoughts on it. I love it. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so that's what I'm using now. Nice. So, Tim, how about you? Well, the watching and listening categories are both very seasonal because I'm, I'm going through my rotation. But um, for watching, the last thing I watched was I, my first of my seasonal viewings of Christmas Vacation, which is <laughs> our family's primary Christmas film that we've watched. Some, you know, <laughs> some some families watch you know Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and you know. It's a wonderful life. We just watch Christmas vacation like on a loop and text each other gifts of it like all the time. <laughs> but uh, so I watched that last night. I always noticed something new last night. The thing that I noticed was that when they're sitting down to dinner on Christmas Eve, Eddie is holding a wine glass and he's pouring a can of beer into his wine glass, which I had never, never noticed that, which <laughs> love that little, <laughs> love that little detail. Uh, and I am listening to and shout out to Mike Hagan. Cause he's the one who pointed this out to me a few years ago, but uh, my favorite Christmas album, which is the sound of Christmas by the Ramsey Lewis trio. Mm. So it's an instrumental jazz trio Christmas album that I adore from the i think late 50s or early 60s something like that uh, and i have been reading I'm, tr- I'm finishing up a book that i might have talked about on here before when i had started it but i had set it aside for school reasons and i picked it back up and i'm gonna finish it up uh here probably tomorrow and it's called the mayor of mcdougal street and it's a memoir by dave van ronk uh, he's a folk singer from the you know who sort of came up in the fifties and sixties kind of right before Bob Dylan. He's kind of the pre Bob Dylan, uh, in some ways. And he is the, his, the person Dave Van Rock and this book, Mary McDougal street is what the Coen brothers, uh, based inside Lewin Davis on. Uh, so his, you know, his Dave Van Ronk's most well-known album is called inside Dave Van Ronk. So, so it's cool. So you, it's it's a really fascinating story, and he crosses paths with a lot of interesting people. And Dylan comes in as this like little kid from Minnesota, and which is neat. Uh, but it's it's a great read, uh, and uh, you also get to catch Inside Lewin Davis is one of my favorite movies, and so I get to catch these little scenes where you're like, oh, that's where they got that. That's where they got that idea. That's where that came from. You know, which is which is a fun little game of you know hide and seek. <laughs> so. And I am writing with, I got two things here. I've got my Musgrave sidekick right here, which is incredible. I'm talking about that later. And I also have my new Blackwing six, the new volume release from Blackwing. And I am still, I'm about on the last few pages of my Jeff Tweedy field notes uh, that I was using last time we recorded. Thanks. Thanks, That's me. Yeah. Johnny. Awesome. What are you consuming um, that isn't printer ink for your zines? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you guys read um, Stolen Sharpie Revolution? Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. I bought my copy from Ed. Yeah, me too. But I didn't find it that useful. Because um, it was a lot of like how to and like why everything sucks. So, um, the guy who found it, uh, Microcosm in Portland, whose name escapes me, wrote a book called Make a Zine. And I was like halfway through it before I got the joke. But um, his is a lot <laughs> yeah, more. That's good. Yeah, yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of like the history of zines, like why 
people are into zines, like what is zine culture like? It's super interesting and a really nice like tactile book. Wait, so, wait, um, real quick, is the joke because that sounds like magazine? I thought it was make a scene. Oh, oh make a I scene. thought it was a magazine. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I just wanted to clar- clarify. It's a double joke. I, I was there, super wow. double. It's a double level. It's a, <laughs> a double barrel joke. That joke is just like running circles around us right now. <laughs> Playing three um, chess over here. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think it's like the same price as Stolen Sharpie Revolution, but it's a little bigger, and um, it's a little less like self consciously trying to look like a zine. It's a little more legible, but also very creative and interesting. And got like lots of good info. One's about there's a whole chapter about comics, which is not useful to me, but also really cool. Um, yeah, and um, I recently watched Uncle Frank on Amazon. Did you guys see previews for this? Mm-mm, yeah. Um, Paul Bettany is in it. He plays an English professor in the seventies who goes home to, I forgot what Southern state and when his father dies and he's gay and his father hates him. And it's just super interesting. Paul Bettany was amazing. I mean, I like him already, so I'm super biased. That's why I watched the movie, but, um, yeah, that's on Amazon and super good. And like, I think it was kind of kid. No, it wasn't kid friendly, teenager friendly. <laughs> Um, and also on Amazon, I rewatched Patterson with Adam Driver, speaking of Star Wars, where uh, the Jim Jarmusch film where he plays a bus driver named Patterson who lives in Patterson, New Jersey. That's a good and, movie. Yeah. Did you see this, uh, Ali or Andy? No. It's like, really, really, it's like satisfying. I'm like, damn, this is a good movie and it has a very good ending. Adam Driver is really good. It wasn't like, you know, cutesy, like Broken Flowers could have been a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like, but, um, I feel like I, Adam Driver is pretty solid in everything he does, right? Yeah, I, I like. I've, I, I dig him. Yeah. Who else is in that movie? Oh, I don't remember. But um, yeah, it's. I think it's one of those you know Amazon originals. I don't know who really made it. And um, in homage to Andy, I'm writing in an Ampad gold fiber notebook. Oh, yes. Which is like the dimensions of this are so nice because I assumed that it was going to be the same size as um, a steno book, but it's not. It's like a little more narrow and a little shorter. Like it's perfect. I think I really it's an like A5 it. size, isn't it? With maybe just a little bit taller for the, for the spiral. I don't know. The, 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 um, the backboard is so nice. Yeah. And stiff. I just like, like there's, I, there's nothing about that notebook. I don't like that notepad. Yeah. It was like three bucks yeah. on, or three bucks and change on Amazon. It's made in the U S. Um, I tried a couple of fountain pens on it, <gasps> and it was all right. It's probably not great. It didn't on go through pen. too much. I bet it. I bet it feathers a lot. Um, pretty like some fine um, Waterman school pens worked like really nicely mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, that cream looks good. And um, I'm writing with a Ticonderoga Beginners from a batch of vintage ones I got. So it's made in the U.S. with no eraser and cedar, and it's a freaking dream. Nice. So smell it. <laughs> it's really good. I'll send you guys some if you want some. I might have gotten a really good deal on a couple boxes of them. Nice. That's all I've got there. Um, I have been, well, Katie and I discovered um, after we finished The Crown that on Peacock, which is the NBC Universal streaming app, uh, has the entire run of Columbo. And it's a parallel move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> The Crown, Columbo. Um, so we've been, we've a been lateral move, I guess yeah. we've been watching <laughs> Columbo and I, I mean, I've seen Columbo off and on like at Nick and night and stuff, but we've never sort of like watched it like intentionally, like kind of watched 
kind of watched it all the way through and it is i mean it is very it is very formulaic um but in such a really interesting way like it's it's always like the the murderer is like um somebody who is just like rich and entitled and just kind of a jerk and Columbo starts like they they're just sort of like amused by Columbo and then they just end up being annoyed by Columbo and then Columbo comes in and like you know ask one more question and then they're just incriminated but it just never really shows them like like going to trial they just sort of like well I guess you got me and then they just like crawl into the cop car or whatever but <laughs> so many good um guest stars I watched one Leslie Nielsen guest guested in a season one episode and I was really hoping that he would be funny, but no, he was just played it completely straight. Um, which is a little bit disappointing, but still, yeah, really good show. Um, if you've never seen Columbo, uh, Peter Falk was a national national treasure. Um, <laughs> I just, just finished reading a novel called Piranesi, uh, Piranesi, P I R A N E S I don't know how you would, pronounce that uh by Susanna clark and it is a really interesting strange science fictiony um novel about um this person who lives in this world of like infinite chambers in a building and like fishes from sort of like the flooded lower chambers for food and wanders the halls and takes a keeps a journal. And there's all these like kind of like neoclassical statues just forever and the hundreds and hundreds of hallways. Um, and there's characters that come and go and that it kind of like through, through the novel, they work out like why he's there, but it, that's all kind of a spoiler. So it's, if you want like something that's not like a, like a space or like space science fiction or, you know, like, like unicorns and wizards uh, fantasy. If you want something that's just a little bit more like, I guess, subtle than that, like check this out. Um, nice. Yeah. It's pretty short. goes pretty quickly. Um, but it's just a good kind of, kind of puzzler toward the end. Cool. Have you read house of leaves? Yeah. I think we talked about this recently. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, I guess it's not the same thing, but the idea of like infinite houses. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, Similar, I feel like I feel like there's even a House of Lee's reference in this somewhere. It's um, part part of it is set a little bit like academia. Um, lately, right now, I'm using my um, writing with my Blackwing Six, which we'll talk about. Um, just kind of re like like I do every year, just kind of rediscovering that soft core. Um, but before that, I was writing with my Mitsubishi 9852 EW, which is that one the natural wood. Mitsubishi made um, from like recycled like ends of pencils and just completely I always forget how good of a pencil that is. It's it's natural wood. It doesn't have too much of a lacquer on it. It still has that really nice purpley ferrule and a, and then a black eraser. Really good pencil. And I'm writing in my, um, my Lichstrom notebook. All right. You want to jump into fresh points, everybody? Sure. Cool. Uh, Ali, you are the guest of honor. Would you care to go first? <laughs> I will. I'm gladly. Um, and I really didn't have a ton of fresh points, but uh, I just did want to share Ed Kemp, right? Who was on uh, what two episodes ago? Maybe two or three. Yeah. Um, Ward distribution pencil of the week. Te- technically, he and you were both on the last episode. Oh, that is so true. Yeah, he's so rad. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. Uh, we, I honestly don't remember how we ended up connecting. He might have. He might have made a purchase and maybe we traded a few things and then 
we go back and forth all the time, but, um, earlier this year, he was nice enough to say, Hey, you know, do you, do you feel like you want to collab, you know, do a collab on one of these upcoming zines and, you know, so I could sling some artwork and, you know, he had everything going on, maybe a cover and, uh, but yeah, no, it took, took a little while. Obviously this is a long year for everybody, but, uh, the, his next issue, issue number 12, uh, yeah, well, so I did a cover for him and we came up with these ideas back and forth. So it's a little, little different, little unconventional, but it's, uh, it was, it was a great process and su- super rad. So I can't give away too many spoilers. Right. But, uh, anyhow, it was, a uh, it was a real, it was a, <laughs> so really I got nothing for you guys. Yeah. Moving on. No, I'm kidding. It was really, uh, no, it, it was fun. You know, he's a he's a Jersey boy, obviously. So, you know, there's a nod to some generals in there, and and uh, and he was nice enough to let me write a little blurb about my process. So that was that was kind of fun and cool, you know. But uh, whatever I can do to contribute to that guy's literary hustle, man, he's he's fantastic. Can you talk about the postcards? Yeah. So we did. Yeah. So totally. So, um, I did. I told him. Uh, uh, you mean which postcards? The um the one pencil of the week times oh, Ernest Theodore got it yeah yeah perfect oh that's right he post he he put him in his that's right yeah totally um yeah no so I just we kind of came up with the idea that we should you know develop a postcard so we can uh, so when he sends it out with his zines right it could be something fun and um so that is uh, very similar to the cover that's that's coming out but um. Yeah, I played around with trying to. It was a, a little bit of a challenge to in because so I I uh, obviously drew it by I my process is always it starts with pencil and paper right like so uh, then after I brought it in digitally I wanted it to feel like uh, remember like in grade school when you would like glue down that I don't know what you call it it's like that colored onion skin type paper do you do you remember that one yeah sort but even lighter like super it's like colored tracing paper for lack of a better word, but um, yeah, we wanted to keep it kind of down and dirty very much like a lot of zines are. And yeah, no, it was a great process, but we did that so that we could uh, just, you know, get it out there for people and have it, you know, have it spread, spread the word through uh snail mail, you know? Speaking of postcards. Yes, sir. You have a, you have a another postcard too that you at least I saw in the group, right? The feral one. I did, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I don't know if was, you want to talk about it or not. Sure, but. yeah, for sure. That was um, uh, that was a fun one for me, man. That was uh, so Inktober. Do you guys know what Inktober? Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and for those that don't know, Do you like, mean Graffitober? Gra- Graffitober, yeah, like uh, they were so close. Don't inflict right? your religious preferences on me, sir. Yeah, that was so close. You know, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's another conversation for another time for sure. But, um, so for those that may not know, uh, the month of October, right. Um, might be a little blasphemous to talk about it, but you, you do 31, you do an ink drawing every day, right? Typically there's, uh, prompts for the year, but I I wasn't stoked about the prompts this year at all. So I just decided to do like a feral study. So I did these, um, yeah, I just picked pencils that I like, you know? I don't know, because they're right, the ferals are so beautiful, right? And sometimes they're so overlooked. Yeah, so what I then I decided well, so really ultimately what I'm doing is a there's a larger print that's gonna happen with um 
quite a bit of them, even more so because I've been doing more since then. But yeah, no, that was totally fun. I just I felt compelled that simply put a few that I liked, uh, some of my favorite pencils, you know, but on that card and and put it out there. So you know, so you could just spread the love with pencil people and non pencil people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, if and when you have a link to purchase that somewhere, let us know and we'll be happy to share it. Nice. Yeah, we'll do. Cool. Any other fresh points, Sully? Negative. All right. Tim, how about you? I'm going to start with the doozy, which <laughs> is something <laughs> that <laughs> the, the uh, for whatever reason, the Instagram algorithm pitched my way. You guys ever heard of the Pilgrim Soul Notebook? No. no. Pilgrim Soul Notebook? No. Okay, buckle up, fellas. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> up your hats and your shoes like a pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, hold on to your butts. Uh, the the Pilgrim Soul notebook or journal is called the Original Creative Thinking Journal, oh boy. and it's conceived to be used while you are high. What? So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Is it, does it taste like funions? <laughs> no, oh, it it is, there's no scratch and sniff feature. There's no, yeah, it's snozberries do not taste like snozberries. <laughs> yeah. It just straight up says in the front of it, please use this journal while you are high. And oh my giant God, that is, yes. that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. So this was, I, I saw it in the, uh, the, in the, yeah, in the Instagram advertisement. I was like, oh man. So I made a little folder for, you know, saved fresh points. I got to talk about this later. If you go to their website, pilgrimsoul.com slash journals, um, you can look through the notebook and get a little taste for it. And they, I mean, they do a pretty good job. I mean, putting it together and, um, you know, the design is pretty good. I think there's some comic sans in there, which is not the great, but you know, uh, it's, <laughs> oh, but they design no. all their own, their own images and the, and all the, <laughs> the activities uh-huh. in there are pretty ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, I can think of sometimes so. in college where this would have really made me freak out. Yeah. <laughs> and these pages are a little bit much. Yeah. There's yeah. Some of the ones with like the squiggly lines and like the swirls and stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Well this, so there's like, Exercise like one's called like just at, is you're supposed to sit there and write a five line poem that is purposefully terrible. <laughs> so like the opposite of what a good poem would sound like. I can do Damn, that. I can do that without crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they may. <laughs> there's another page. My favorite one is there's a page where they give you four like <laughs> made up like street signs. <laughs> Like, like one's got a motorcycle going uphill with a rainbow going over it. And then you have to translate the, the meaning to say, like, what is this sign trying to communicate? <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing. It's uh, these pictures. Yeah, I mean, um, it's like so one what? is like a, a guy getting chased up a hill by a boulder. And so it's 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 but it's drawn like a street sign or like a, a yield sign or something. And so you have to translate and next to it, write What this sign is trying to tell you. Wow. Uh, to watch it, to watch out for it's just it's totally absurd and in no way would I ever buy one. Of I these, was but, I was expecting um, when you started talking about oh. this it to be like the uh, the muck manual, just like some sort of a thing like that. <laughs> nope. Oh, I mean, that'd be a night. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a nightmare. Well, yeah, um, yeah. There's another one that's like a bunch of people in a elevator and just has thought bubbles, and you just have to come up with like the most awkward icebreakers you can possibly come up with. Like why? You... Oh, Anyways, man. so that's, that's the fantastic. That, that's the that's the Pilgrim Soul journal that uh that crossed my path the other day i had to share that but um <laughs> uh in more important news <laughs> uh i did get I, I did get some sidekicks from musgrave nice. so uh a huge thank you to tim and 
Nicole. Uh, and so, yeah, I got, I got this in, I know Johnny, you have some in hand, right? You had some the other day and you were not kidding about how strong they smell. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, yeah, it is like the strongest, most pungent odor of pencil ever. I love it. And I love this. And this red cedar, I know the, um, the red cedar is tends to be like naughtier, right? Like it tends to have more like imperfections and knots and weird colors. And all of mine have one or two really cool knots in the sides of them, which is just really, really neat. And this, the, the wood burning on the top is like unreal. That's such a smart way to, to put the branding on there. Cause that looks so good. And oh it's, it's probably got to be really cheaper for smaller runs than like foil stamp. Yeah. I mean, and it looks, it just looks incredible. It's so intricate, the, the horse and everything about it. So I'm really impressed with these. So I sharpened one up this afternoon. Henry was drooling over it. He's like, oh, I really want one of those. So, um, <laughs> but he says that about any pencil that I pull out. So, um, awesome. He's, he, come, he comes by it, honestly. Uh, so maybe <laughs> one of those might end up in his stocking. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so I'm really enjoying that. And then another new pencil that we need to discuss is the new Blackwing. Yeah. So the Blackwing Volume Six is out, which is a tribute to small businesses. So, uh, just to describe like the basics of them, if you haven't heard about them yet, it comes with a soft core. So the MMX core, it comes uh, each dozen comes in two different colors. There's a neon blue and a neon red, and then the the uh, colors of the erasers in black ferrules have been flip flopped. So you have a, a neon red pencil which almost looks like an orange uh with the neon blue eraser and then the flip-flopped on the uh, you know the the inverse on the other pencil uh with a just jet black ferrule and um the concept of the small business i guess the connection they make is that they are it's called the volume six because of the six uh noble gases which give neon lights their distinct colors so they've chosen two of those colors of neon uh, and then use them in this in this dozen. The association being, I guess, that small businesses often have neon signs in front of them, which we want to keep their, their small like, business open. In which case, they would have their neon open sign turned on. There you go. Yeah. So, and those are the colors. I guess that makes sense on the the choice because those colors, those those the open signs always have the, the kind of orange and the bluish color in them. Which I love it. I love it. Um, I, I I think it wasn't. You know, uh, I think it's a creative way to go about doing it. I don't know how else they would have done it, actually, or you know, nothing initially comes to mind. Yeah. What do, what do you guys think of this edition? Well, they did, uh, along with that same uh, small businesses theme, they did a really cool thing um, where they chose 30 small businesses, like retailers, uh, to announce to announce this pencil kind of to the public. Um, oh, neat. Somebody, I don't remember her name, from um, uh, Seahorse Press in, is that what it's called? Yeah, Seaside. Seaside. It's Katie. Katie for Farfo, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, She announced it in the group, and there's just a bunch of um, small small retailers who are announcing this edition, which I think is cool. And so uh, eventually it'll go on sale from Blackwing, but they're giving small businesses some time to like sell it first, which I think is a nice kind of like uh, walking uh, the talk. Yeah. I found, yeah, the initial information I found out. I found for it was on the Drom Ghouls site, which I know is like uh, Ted from 
take note talks about going to his drum ghouls there uh so they've they've got them in stock right now you can get them before before there's even information on the blackwing website i think that's really awesome yeah, yeah that's cool i there was in whenever somebody really whenever they release like a, a soft core um mm-hmm. people in the group go a little ballistic they that that is not a widely liked core but i i think it's great i uh, I love it. Yeah, oh, I love it. use it all the time. It gives me more opportunity to sharpen, um, mm-hmm. to kind of like sit down and sharpen the pencil. But it's it's definitely not something I would want to use all the time, all the time. But um, it's great for like list making and and you know things where I'm not getting too smudgy. So yeah, I yeah I was super excited to see the the soft core when I saw the saw that on the side of the box. I actually gasped when I saw it. And Henry was like, <laughs> "What's wrong?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, nothing. It's just." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am yeah, glad though that, that was... they didn't go glossy, right? It's got that nice yeah. finish like um like the purple one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, Ooh, it was sort of like a matte, like tacky. Um I wouldn't satiny. call it tacky, but it's yeah. I don't know. It's like the volume ten, right? Like the uh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I like yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, like that. I wish, and a couple of people mentioned this. I really wish they would have been able to like bring over that um, uh, phosphorescent or luminescent, like glow in the dark darkiness from. Um, so good. Yeah, but I, yeah, I from eight eleven. Yeah, or what, which one was that? I think, yeah. yeah, that was eight eleven. Eight eleven. Yeah, yeah, one. But I still, I think it. Yeah, they they captured it pretty well. It's they remind yeah, me. They said that was sorry. Go pain to work with. Yeah, yeah. You had to apply so many coats to it to do that. Um, it, they remind me. The colors remind me a lot of the Nintendo Switch controllers, the Joy Cons. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw yeah, that totally. picture you posted. It was like a, it was a dead ringer, dude. It was yeah. so good. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. all right. Blue of the Joy Con is a little bit lighter, but just the that kind of reddish orange and the bright blue together, yeah, just looks so much like it. Nice. I wonder how they'd behave under a black light. Ooh, good. I don't question. have one, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have a black light flashlight to pull this out. Ew. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, so I put it in the in the documents. This reminds me of that complete um Rambo set that um who did that? The Modern Library put out maybe like fifteen years ago. You're the where only one is about this, Johnny. Yeah. What did you say? <laughs> I think I think you're the only one who knows about this the set. Oh. <laughs> no. I mean I'm older than you. <laughs> no, um yeah, it was a good like complete Rambo poems and then letters. And the title of the letters was called I Promise to Be Good, which was cool. But they're they both are um blue and orange with the opposite um title color. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good representation of the orange. The the book's much uh-huh. more orange in person. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool. So I, yeah. I think this is a win. There we got a lot of like miss in the group, but yeah. I mean that happens every time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That, like that will always happen. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, can't win them all. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's all I've got for fresh points. So, uh, Johnny, how about you? Um, so I enjoy my bullet journaling, and um, they came out with a new one. So they had uh, the official bullet journal was a loic term that just says bullet journal, and it had some of the um, like beginning stuff filled in, and in the back there was sort of like a reference to like you know official bullet journal stuff um it was like pretty cool i guess but they have a new one where it's got like thick paper um it comes with stickers it comes with a pocket guide it's like really freaking cool looking and they're already all gone so 
I feel bad linking to it. But um, what they did was they made black, and then they're going to make one color a year until it's gone. So the rose, just more like a pinkish beige that's gone, which sucks because I was going to get it for a Christmas present for someone. But um, this one has like, it's dot grid paper, and then there are like subtle little dots to tell you where the center is and like really nerdy stuff like that, all still for 25 bucks. So that was pretty cool. Sorry you can't get it. <laughs> but uh, mine's on the way, so we'll see if it actually is is awesome. It's the same paperweight as um, the stuff I use for my little tiny zines, which is pretty heavy. And, um, oh, this sounds like a natural segue. Uh, I just put out issues 10 and 11 of my zine yesterday or today. I don't remember. Heck yeah. A long day. Hemingway. And I have 200 stickers in my Etsy store, which are like very yellow. And they make me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I'm going to wrap up uh, volume one with volume t- with number 12 and make an even dozen before the end of the year. So next year I'm going to do bigger ones because these small ones are so hard to lay out. Are you going to do like a um, like a boxed edition, like a anthology of all the leather bound anthology of all the 12 <laughs> so I was thinking of a way to bind them together, but I was like, who the hell would want this? Uh, I'm like drive hello. myself crazy. <laughs> so what I did was um, Les had, when she made pocket notebooks, she had this cool little like folder that was sort of like a magazine rack, like you'd see at a library or an archive. So um, I spent an entire night just like figuring out how to make it the exact measurements for 12 um, eighth sheet scenes. So I have that as a PDF. So I don't know. I guess I'll put those on there as a set. But you just I'm, give people those uh, those sheets that you put basketball cards in. Yeah, <laughs> those, <laughs> those pages. Yeah, they would it would fit perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might do that tonight. I've got I got some of those in my, <laughs> in my garage. <laughs> yeah, these like I'm not making a ton of these. It's going to be ugh. so. I figured out how I can print them on cardstock and like cut them out and make one fold and I can send them. So stay tuned. You should take cool. batches down to write notepads and get Chris to like pure bind them for you. <laughs> I sent him some, like, I don't know if he, if he dug them or not, but um, I sent some to Aaron Draplin. He said he liked them. So that made me happy. Nice. Not an official endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the back. Yeah. You, no, you write good. a blurb for you, Johnny. <laughs> no. Aaron Draplin approved. No, no. Yeah, that, those are all my fresh points. It's just on the top. It says, Aaron Draplin emailed nice words to me. Yeah. Yeah. He emailed me and said oh, that he got them and they were cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just quote, Aaron Draplin, I got them and they're cool. And also that he uses his erasable squire every day. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, what are my fresh points? Oh, yeah. Um, in addition to, it's been a, it's been a big stationary week. In addition to the, um, Blackwing Six is the uh, Field Notes edition was released, uh, and this was oh, the, so pretty. Yeah, this is the snowy evening, and um, it is kind of the the main conceit of it that's that's just really cool. Um, is that they uh, they made ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of these notebooks, and uh, none of them are the same. Meaning that they there's a big old snowflake on the cover, and they used um, uh, some sort of a like a like a I'm gonna get this wrong 
like randomizer, randomizer. or something. Randomizer. Um, I know. Gener- yeah. There's a guy named Algorithm. Algorithm. Uh, it's a yeah. what they say <laughs> in the back. It's it's their unique stone face created using a generative process designed by Brendan Dawes, um, who I, I followed Brendan Dawes um, for a while on Instagram uh, for a few years, and uh, he makes a lot of um, just really cool like computer generated like like algorithmic fractal art uh, among other things, but. Uh, these all every single one of these uh, almost hundred thousand notebooks. Um, first of all, they're all individually numbered. So sorry, uh, field notes collection like completionists, <laughs> you will never <laughs> get everyone. You, you hear the like most intense collector out there. He's like, game on, yeah. <laughs> challenge Let's do this. this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so they they're just a really gorgeous like dark blue uh, cover with like a silver um, with a silver ink. And, um, yeah, they, it's, uh, it's a Mohawk, Mohawk paper, deep blue cover, uh, with a white digital ultraviolet ink. Um, and the insides are just some of that really nice, um, smooth Finch paper. Um, and they're using a, uh, a dot grid. It's called a night of chill blue soy based ink. So it's like kind of a light blue. Ooh. Somebody, somebody said, and I, I can't see well enough to tell that somebody said that these dot grids are shaped like snowflakes. No way. I don't think so. Well, I don't think they are. Cause I, like, maybe they <laughs> oh, are. I, oh my God. I can't so cool. see up close and I can't figure out how to like zoom in. Um, but that would be really cool. Yeah. And I like all the Robert Frost references. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know his estate is not so free with letting people use his stuff. Yeah. So I assume they had to make that Steal official. It? they're too big to steal it yeah somebody would notice um they of course you know field notes gets pretty fancy with the staple they're using some beautiful like kind of white white staples um wow. johnny as soon as i saw this i thought it was right up your alley because i know how much you like the seasonal field notes yeah i was like hot damn two years in a row they made a winter winter yeah. okay in the specifications in the back it says that it has a flake grid Oh so my god, that's awesome! If I could, that's, that's pretty no. killer. Look close enough, I could probably tell if this was a snowflake dot grid or not. But I, I alas cannot. If anybody here has like a magnifying glass and can take a picture of it, I would love to see it. Like if the grid oh, a- matched the cover, my head would explode. serious resolution. Yeah. We're all ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. We're inside yes. of the notebook. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Theoretically, like For sure. Theoretically, not, like if you're computer generating this art, like you could go well past a hundred thousand. Like I don't know how many dots are in one of these notebooks, but there could be there could be billions of different uh, unique dots. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little above and beyond. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, great job, great job to field notes. This is um, I don't know. This is just a really I think a really good looking edition and a really good. You know, we don't we don't really get snow here. Um, so wishful thinking, I guess. Um, yeah. And you're not going to get to travel to Indiana. Yeah. I Although I did. Uh, we spent um, end of October, early November uh, driving to Colorado and back and we got caught in a snowstorm. So this would have been a good like travel journal for that. Um, last thing I'll mention is um, the pen ultimate, the pencil ultimate um, CW pencil box um, that just just arrived, and it was a very very pencil heavy pencil box. Um, they had a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, but the one thing I really wanted to specifically mention that you can, as far as I can tell, only get through that pencil box um, 
is a blinged out CW pencilified bugle, uh, Musgrave bugle. And um, Ali, do you get the pencil box? I don't. Okay. And do every you- year I, I'm like, oh man, this is maybe I should. No, I don't. Yeah, they're always they're always a little bit more expensive than I think they should be. Um, mm. I I get them because I think I like them and I like supporting CW, but um, it's like thirty bucks for the pencil box. Um, and this uh, this edition has a uh, a Musgrave bugle that has been with wood that has been dyed pink, and it has been um, a slapped with a purple foil stamp on it for the oh uh, man so it's kind of like a futura and a bugle had a baby (laughs) (laughs) it's very nice that's awesome i'm i can't imagine that they made them only for the pencil box so like i would expect cw to sell them eventually but we have not heard one way or the other how that's gonna go i'm gonna want those so So pretty check that out if you can um their next pencil box will be the last one ever. Um, Cause you know, CW, oh, that's right. yeah. I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show. CW is, is pivoting to not just be a pencil shop. They're going to start providing um, some other kind of like related gifts to better serve the community. Uh, like the local community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, grab, grab one of these if you can. I think that I saw they have a few more available. Um, get one of these beagles. If not, like I'm sure, I'm sure you'll see them around eventually. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that is it for Fresh Points. Um, why don't we launch into our main topic, which is just talking vintage pencils with with Ali. Um, and um, first question, um, Ali, if, in as much as you can say, um, I think we'd just really love to know what got you interested in stationery in general, and in particular in vintage pencils. Yeah. No, it's honestly a great question. And I I don't know that I ever really thought about it. <laughs> until What's your morning, origin story? <laughs> yeah, so back in the day. No, so I think it's I think it's twofold. Like I would say the whole stationery. So my dad, my dad was a draftsman back in the 70s, right? So growing up and when I would go to work with him and all this stuff and all these different engineering firms, you know, it was it was always the you know, he's hand lettering on on, you know, mylar and vellum and these Leroy lettering machines, if you guys know what those are, you know, when you use the guide on these like big Mayline drafting tables, like all, all that. So I was, I was around that growing up and I just, he would come home, he would bring some technical pens or, you know, those old school, like ink filled, you know, what is it? Koinor tech, tech pens and things like that. So, um, I think that's what started it for me. Like, you know, and I just kind of continued, you know, I was always trying to do art as a kid, you know, I've always loved art and I did it as a kid. And even though I didn't find myself as an artist until later in life, you know, I just, I think that was a huge part uh, from a formative perspective, like what really got me into it, you know? And then for me, it was, you know, along to parallel that really the animation where I'm a huge animation uh, buff. Uh, So that's, um, that's really what got me into vintage pencils to begin with. You know, it started like, you know, what are, you know, all these artists that I admire, you know, what are they, what are they using? Right. So you kind of start going down that rabbit hole of figuring out what people are using, but then there were some pretty clear, you know, um, uh, well, I'm drawing a blank here, but some consistencies in terms of what different artists were using and 
back in the day in terms of you know the Eberhardt Fabers, right? Like, like how Chuck Jones used used black wings, t- totally. You know, and all the yeah. the nine old men from Disney and all that stuff. So, um, I think that's what started that. You know, love for me. You know, and then I was I was gifted one, an actual Eberhardt Faber black wing, and I mean I used it till it was a tiny nub, right? And then, uh, you know, if if I knew then what I know now, you know, I'd. I had a box of 725. I used every one, right? <laughs> it's like, and the only uh, <laughs> stripeless horsemen and all that stuff because uh, you just, I had no idea, right? So that's really, uh, that's really what started it for me in terms of my love of all things pencils, right? And then um, like really deep diving into the vintage pencil world has been a, a little more recent, but uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I'm completely enthralled with, you know, the history behind pencils and, and, you know, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that brings us to our next question. Um, we don't have a really good definition of what counts as a vintage pencil. Um, I like to think of them as something older than me or something that has been made up for a while. Like what would you consider vintage pencil versus something that's just like, you know, a Ticonderoga where it's different than it used to be? Yeah. No. Um, again, another good question. I think, you know, f- for me, like a hundred years seems to be the staple for an antique, right? That, and, uh, uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, I would say something that is at least tw- 20 to 30 years old, you know, can be categorized as vintage. Uh, cause I think there's always this blurred line between vintage and retro, right? Where mm. you can have a, pencil that's uh viarco for example right they make some cool stuff today that's brand new but it looks retro you know it looks vintage so is that really retro i don't i don't yeah. i don't know <laughs> but retro is uh, more of like an aesthetic right like it's it it's is a, yeah i think yeah. you know based on the time period or uh but for me it, i just feel like you know something that's at least 20 or 30 years old i mean it's a little i probably mean something different to to everybody else, but I, I am a, I am a sucker for things that fall between that, you know, yeah, that are like 80, 80 years old, you know? Yeah. It seems like also if it has like some kind of, if there's something about it that isn't done anymore, that like automatically qualifies it in my head, you know, like <laughs> some Made sort of America. like, like, yeah, some kind of ma- manu- manufacturing part, or if it's using some sort of like material that's not used anymore. Yeah. Or, yeah I mean, totally. Yeah. So, as as you said, like you've gotten into vintage pencils relatively recently, but dove in pretty deep, uh, without giving away any of your kind of big trade secrets. <laughs> so where do you find vintage pencils? Like where are you like where are you hunting, and how do you how do you find the things that you're you you, you seek? There's this um, magical forest. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's part of its soul. It is, you know. There's actually this one vending machine. It's badass. You just, you know, uh, yeah. I I think I'm just super fortunate to live in a part of the country that um, has amazing estate sales. Right? Like, I have no problems telling me. I mean, you people, they're, they're, people have like treasures, man. That they they have no idea, right? So uh, pre COVID. Um, yeah, I would try to go when I when I could get there, you know, absolutely. But um, 
you know, even as much as all the online retail, you know, the, the resale for, you know, whether it's eBay or, or, or offer up or whatever, you know, people are always, it just takes time, right? That's the hardest, yeah. you know, you know, uh, doing the research and doing the shopping. You, you start to get a feel for, you know, where, where the deals really are and, and, you know, what you might be, you know, what might be able to, 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 um, you know, resell them for, cause for me, it's not always, you know, I know this sounds very non-capitalistic. It's not necessarily about, Ooh, I can buy this pencil for a dollar. I'm going to flip it for a hundred dollars. It's not, it's not that I, I enjoy, and we'll touch base on this in a little bit, but I, you know, part of setting up the shop, which was a really, truly a COVID quarantine COVID venture to begin with. Right. It was just, it was an ability for me to, I realized very quickly that there's so many other people in the country that don't have access to like, you know, cool vintage pencils in the quote unquote in the wild. So mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, uh, looking at like J- John Morris, right. Kimmy Koken with the, all the, you I mean, if you need anything vintage Japanese, that's where you go. Right. Like, so I just thought it would be a good, a good thing to put out there. And that's, uh, that's part of the reason that drove, you know, so it funds my collection, right? I mean, I, 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 I find some cool stuff. I keep some stuff and then I put it out there for other people to, to, uh, to, to grab. Yeah. Nice. So I'm, I'm sure like when you're hunting, you just kind of, it's some combination of like, you're looking for something in particular, or you are like just seeing what you find, of course, but, Aside from the ones we've talked about a lot, like the black wing, the original black wings and the Blaisdells and all that, like, do you, what's like your white whale vintage pencil right now that you like really wish you could, you could find? It doesn't have to be something fancy, but right. just like one that like you, you just love to track Dude, one down I'll, or I'll stumble across you, one. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And uh, do you guys know Gary in the group? Gary Salt? Yeah. Yeah. So Gary, dude, we, we got the, a great friendship that's kicked off through this group, right? But our, I think collectively I'll speak for both of us, right? One of the, did, so think about like a Faber-Castell uh, 9,000, right? You know, green pencil vintage. Uh, they come in all kinds of designations, but they also come in a, or gradations, I should say. And they come in one that is a gradation of M. <laughs> Have you ever heard of such a thing? An M grade. M. No, it's, and it like it lists it in there, you know, if you open their little metal tin and list all the, you know, HB, you know, goes to F and then, but there's an M right in the middle. There's an M and it's specifically for writing. I am, I don't think this pencil exists. I, I, I mean, I've looked. It's going I mean, to it's snipe like, hunt. Dude, seriously. Like if you guys find one, I have some good stuff to trade. I'm just saying. Uh, I just, it was one of those things that a, I've never, and that's part of the things that I latch on to. Cause I think it's kind of cool. Like I've, I've never seen one, uh, didn't hear of them up until recently. And I just, so it's kind of different, you know, like, uh, that's just seems to be super elusive. And obviously it goes without saying some of the, some of the really early stuff is hard to find. And, and then when you find it, some people are super proud of it, you know, and it's so, um, that's that's the one. If anybody has one, <laughs> nice. you know yeah. where to find me. <laughs> or Gary. Doesn't matter. One of us. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready for some of that that fat cash. Yeah, I guess. Your way. <laughs> um yeah. 
Well, in so in in modern pencils, and I think we asked this question to Dave Tubman when he was on too, talking about vintage vintage pencils. Um, is there anything that you really like? I hope this isn't a leading question, but anything like lacking in modern pencils? Anything that like you really that really draws you to vintage that that you can't find in modern pencils? Yeah, I think for me sometimes it's the aesthetic. You know, like I I think. Um, uh, frankly, I mean, I like a pencil that has a ton of crap written on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think just there's been a push, uh, you know, and Blackwing's probably guilty of it, of this trying to be very modern and, and sleek. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. But for me, I think because, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's no question that um, graphite today in a lot of pencils is so much better than some of the old stuff anyways. Right. So but I just think sometimes the um, the feeling behind a pencil gets rather stale, you know? So I, I just think more imprint is cooler. Like, Tim, going back, like, those sidekicks, man, dude, I was so mm-hmm. stoked. Like, those things look amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll tell you right now, like, I am totally digging, even though I wish it would have been the Harvest Pro, but I'm digging. I got that Musgrave Invisible Creature collab, you know? Did you guys? Yeah, those are cool. That, Oh. oh no, they sold out before I could get oh, one. Oh man, well, I dude, I'll send you some. They're, they're so, totally cool. They, but I just love them because there's so much stuff written on them. You know what I'm saying? And the packaging is amazing. So, um, I think the second part to that question is, um, dude, there there have been some amazing packaging, right, with pencils like old Mono 100 boxes or like those old Van Dyke boxes that you know, the eraser slid out of the, you know, those green ones, like it's just, or like, um, just even the black wing boxes, right? Like back, back in the day. So I just, um, doesn't necessarily pertain to the physical pencil, but I just think it all goes with that, with the experience of it, you know, yeah. I feel like, but it costs money, man. I get it. You know, I'm sure that you have tons and tons of vintage pencils to pick from. So this was one of the questions I definitely wanted you to get ahead of time so we didn't catch you off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, what are some of your favorite vintage pencils, like even as specific as like late 70s, number two and a half Ticonderoga? Right. Uh, I mean, if that one, that's cool. Yeah, too. yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, so for yeah, sure, man. I, I think, uh, I mean, I dude, I have a, a decent collection of Eberhard Faber 602s, which I love, right, and use. Um, and I have some that obviously aren't sharpened and aren't used, but I, they're in my rotation and I, I use them quite often. But um, Linton, do you guys know the company Linton? Uh, LinkedIn? No, yeah, exactly. No, Linton, L I N T O N. No. So they. Uh, they make a, a pencil called the Rancho 444, which is a great name, but in a number two. And I don't know, I don't remember where I got my first one. I don't remember how I came about that. But that is a sleeper pencil, man. You know, so any chance I can find those, I buy them, you know, and it's not often uh, at all. I only have literally a few because I do use them. And uh, and they just write super, just enough feedback, like when you're writing, you know, so... Um, call it a, a rancher four four four. A rancho, like rancho, rancho. It's just this. They made them in blue, green, and red. Uh, 
yeah, no, super cool. Totally dig it. Uh, yeah. And if I, I, if I had more, I would totally uh, share, but uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'd no, hand I'm off their no, I just, I love them. I love them. Uh, for sure. What else? Let's see here. Model 100 and F, you know, I got some vintage JS, JIS mark, you know, versions from John that are probably, they might be eighties. I'm not sure, but uh, I love, I love that man. The point retention is crazy on those things. And it just, such a great pencil, you know? Uh, all right, two more. And then um, I have some of the old school uh, Eberhardt Faber Ebony's, you know, um, maybe nice, from the yeah. 40s, you know? Those, they, they, they feel, still write, yeah, man, like they're killer. And I do have, oh, dude, if you guys want to try, I do have some of those, man. They're fantastic. Uh, and mm-hmm. and then to pair, that's, you know, when I need a really dark line, you know, and, whether it's for art or something I'm sketching out. And then um, I just have, I'm just in love with the Eagle drafting, you know, three fourteens, you know, the old school. Um, oh, those are so pretty. They're so That's great. A good right? logo. They do. Right. So um, the one with the Eagle. Logo? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And which, I don't know if you saw, I posted in the group, I came across a, a natural version which I didn't even know existed. Typically they're that brownish color, you know? And oh, I have one of those. Yeah, no, they're super great. Like I was super stoked. They were kind of, they were like undercover fat. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they were just a little bigger, but not they so much. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Uh, I love them. I, I totally love them. So great. But yeah, I think those, I don't know, guys, there's so many, really. I could, the list could be like <laughs> 50. Uh, but yeah, I think those stand out. Those are notable. Oh, and the electrographic. I love the IBM electrographics. I use those quite often. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What are, uh, so to switch from the vintage to contemporary, what are some contemporary pencils that you think kind of, or that based on your experience with the vintage stuff, embody the spirit of what you love about vintage pencils? Yeah, I think the, um, from again, for me, aesthetics is such a huge play, right? So I think some of the stuff that Viarco is putting out is, is, um, it's pretty cool, right? Cool looking, you know, for sure. Uh, some of them don't always write the best. Sorry, guys, but uh, yeah, no, they're great. And I, I, as of late, man, I, I think that Blackwing just with the eras just hit it out of the park, dude. Like I, it has quickly become mm. one of my, I, you know, I may have bought too many boxes of that. You know, my kids look at me sideways, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm using, I'm using them. <laughs> so, college. uh, have to use half your college. Fund. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> and the big joke is they're, they're so kids are so funny. Right. But they, I have to, I've been, I've been saving like a, a complete set of volumes for them. You know, they have no idea. They might now, obviously when they listen to this, welcome guys um <laughs> but i continue to just grow right like hoping that they and they appreciate pencils right like they totally i mean they get it like i let them you know they use what they use and everything else but uh they when they really want to jab me they're like dad the first thing i'm gonna do is sell those things and i'm like what <laughs> as i shed a tear it's terrible dude it's terrible no but, uh i don't know if that answers your question or not tim but i i think yeah, for me, because it's an aesthetic play, and I just think um, there's so many pencils today that write so much better than some of the older ones, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I love the air. I mean, did you guys like the arrows or no? Love it. Yeah, 
Love it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's cool. I use it all the time. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, like, I love all the things. I, I love Musgrave a lot and we talk about them a lot, but that's a company that there, there are a couple of their pencils that just, they feel like they're coming right out of time machine, like in the best possible way. Right. Yeah. Um, also some of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we talked a lot about pencils and, um, what about pencil accessories? Do you have any, um, any cool sharpeners or erasers or anything that you just really love that people might not know about? Do you uh, have an El Casco? I should ask you that. Dude, I, it's, it's, I do. I do. You do have an friend, I, listen, man, I, <laughs> I have no I'm coming problems. to your house. Just, I have no, you, you can send me anything you want me to sharpen and I will send it back, <laughs> dude. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> dude. And this is going to sound like an El Casco commercial. It's not right. It's uh-huh. not, but dude, I, I scored one, you know, I found it, I scored it. Um, it was in California, right? So, uh, Ian, a fellow erasable, right. Was kind enough in these COVID times to do the deal for me. And then ship it for me because it was right. It was in his town, right in his city. Yeah. So I get this thing, and I, you know, a little bit of rehab or whatever. But dude, I don't know if you guys have them or not, fellas. That is a game changer, man. Like, mm. like <laughs> oh, I literally no. don't. I don't use anything else. Nothing. Like I have no reason to they, use anything else. Damn. When we were at the going on eBay right now. Yeah. <laughs> when listen. we were at the Baltimore Pen Show, yeah. um, there was a booth that had a few of them, and I really consider if i had not just spend crap loads of money getting to baltimore and uh renting av equipment for a for a hotel ballroom for a live show i totally would have picked one of those up yeah it um no but so with a little more substance than that here here's the deal right like um totally serviceable which i love right and i'm i'm a tinker dude so i'll constantly like take, take things apart or whatever um but you don't have to service it you would just be doing it because you want to take it apart and see what's inside. Frankly, it's amazing, dude. But the, um, it leaves this, you know, obviously the con con cave, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. concave, um, point, but like in its longest setting, right? The, the, the end of the point is, is literally squared off, which I still haven't figured out the source of how it does that, but it does. (laughs) And, um, it's great, man, because it just, you never get the, you don't get that initial snap, right? The initial, oh, I'm going to touch my pepper, bing, and then the little tip yeah. flies off. And I just, I can't even, can't even stress it. <laughs> and I have a, like a good friend, like this is how bad it is. So I had this sharpened, um, it was a Blackfeet Indian pencil, right? And, and my buddy was like, and not a pencil guy, full, dis- full uh, disclosure there. He's like, I'm like, here, just use this, write with this. So he writes a couple of things and then he stops and he's looking at the pencil like it was enough that he had to stop and go, what am I writing with? And I'm like, well, he's like, what kind of point is this? Yeah. How did you do that? That was, that's what I got. So yeah. it's pretty rad. dude. I'm looking at your uh, awesome El Casco sticker right now. Yeah, that was, uh, thanks man. I appreciate it. That was fun. dude. That's pretty that cool. Was, that's really cool. And, just, yeah. That, that's how much it holds a special place in my heart. I made a freaking sticker with a point, you know? Yeah. With the squared off top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, where are you seeing this? On on his Etsy, on Etsy, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a very cool. Sticker. Nah, thanks, dude. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 man. So that is that, but it's a good one. Mm. Yeah. If I find a killer deal, I'll buy it, and then I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. 
I mean, no, I'll let you. I'll let you know so you can get it. Not because I'm just going to call <laughs> no, you and say, hey, I got a tip for you. I'm going to visit it now and then. I'm going to poke you a little bit. Oh, I got a good deal. Thanks. No. The, yeah. One of my favorite passages from David Reese's uh, How to Sharpen Pencils book is when he says, that he talk, talks about the El Casco and he's like, this, he's like, this is the the second most expensive thing that I own and I own a house and a car. <laughs> yeah, it's no joke, you know, no joke. Um, and without, listen, one last thing on that. It, you know what it does is it it changes the experience for me of using a pencil, you know, yeah. because it's not just, I don't know. It just completely changes the experience, you know, uh, when you're using it, because it just, it becomes a, um, I don't know. It becomes a, a nicer tool than just, yeah. I don't know. You know, yep. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I actually don't even know. Do they still make El Cascos? Is this like a thing that is still made or are they all vintage yeah. at this point? No, no, they totally make them hundred percent. Yeah. That's, I should know more about this company, but they're, pr- they're pretty pricey. Yeah. I've, I've seen the, the, um, and I'm now I'm looking at so, you know, some of the newer ones that I would, I was wondering if it was something that is legit El Casco or if it's like almost like a black wing situation where somebody else kind of took over it. And these are some subpar versions of the, of the the originals but they better not be subpar yeah no, <laughs> no yeah no it's, uh, and you know and they make a like mine happened to this sounds so uh, blingy right mine happens to be the 24 karat gold one but just because that's how it worked out right yeah. but um i probably wouldn't have picked that i like the chrome but yeah man like they'll they make all kinds of like staplers and dude, it just, they have yeah. like handheld sharpeners. They do, you know, and I've always wondered how they, how they work, but, uh, yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we button everything no, up? Look, I, I think I'm good guys. I'm yeah. still, no, a little, uh, still a little giddy that I'm even on here, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's no, fantastic. <laughs> Actually, it's my uh, Ali. You, you've been you've been listening to back episodes, right? You've been listening to. I am. I'm on eighty two. Yeah. Wow. What? Um. I think we asked you this in the the last episode, the live episode. Um. And I really loved how uh you like some of your favorite moments that you specifically mentioned are things that we completely didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you keep track of that yeah yeah um i just yeah that just really struck me i was thinking about a little bit more after the last episode and i was like yeah i completely don't remember making that joke or or tim like making that that sound effect or noise or whatever but yeah that's that's pretty great now i want to listen to our Uh, you you really should i mean today's episode you know i was driving home and it there was something about mailing a finger back from Baltimore. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it was seriously, it was so funny. Listen, I grew up, oh, I grew up. Andy said he wasn't recording it. Oh man. <laughs> oh no. I guess it's in there. Oh, that was, that uh, was the one where we were talking about the, uh, the first round, uh, yes. black wing. Oh, yeah. And oh yeah. The sausage. I think we yeah, were talking the about sausage the, lining black wing. Yeah. Quote unquote, <laughs> regret that, um, what's the name is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The guy Clark on. <laughs> guy Clark. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Cause then you guys went, <laughs> seriously, that was my, my cheeks actually hurt a little bit by the time I got home today with that one. Cause that was, 
That was pretty funny. <laughs> I think Johnny might have even followed it up with, I'll mail you a body instead of like the finger or what I don't even remember the context, but it was uh <laughs> Dude, listen, man. Baltimore is a magical it place. Is, well, I, got weird. Yeah. Johnny, I grew up in uh Sterling, Virginia over there, Loudoun County. Oh, right? awesome. Yeah, yeah. But so I've you know, I've been to the aquarium, I've been to Baltimore, dude, uh, in the eighties. Baltimore seen the is, fingers float in the aquarium. Baltimore is rough, <laughs> man. I mean, it can be. Does I mean, happen? maybe it's better now. Obviously, maybe not. I don't know, Johnny. You tell me, but eh. it's. Uh, eh. I remember it, <laughs> but there was a tough time, dude. That's when like DC was the murder capital of the world, or something like that. I don't. I, don't. I, I think our murder rate was probably better in the eighties. <sighs> But we had Harbor Place. Now Harbor Place is largely closing up. But there was a finger issue in the aquarium. Some kid put his hand in the uh, piranha Shut tank up. and it ate his finger. It was like the talk of the town. <laughs> like, if you go to the aquarium, don't put your finger in the piranha tank. Well, do you really? I don't know if it even really happened. Episode title. Don't leave an opening in the piranha tank. How about like, that? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that uh, like, apparently, how, it was just that like should not there. be possible. They're just yeah. doing what nature taught them to do. I feel like that's a sign that does not need to be made, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't feed the piranhas. Don't put a top on the tank, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they said not to feed them, so yeah, keep your fingers away. Exactly, that's what they eat. Um, no, thanks for having Includes me, guys, dude. It, yeah, it, it was fun for sure. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I would love to um, uh, love for you to plug anything you want to plug your your Etsy store. How to find you on the internet? Yeah, totally. So. Um, Etsy stores, Ernest Theodore, uh, which I believe is www.etsy.com shop at Ernest Theodore. And, uh, which by the way is named after my wonderful dog who is amazing. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. And yeah, no, that, that's it. I mean, allysair.com is under construction, so don't go there. And (laughs) <laughs> no, that's that's uh you some sort of a construction manager to help move that along. Right? I sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I should <laughs> I think I know a guy. Yeah. Uh, and if you're in the raceable group, you probably know Ali already because that is that is where you hang out a lot. Yeah. And uh, too many people to uh shout out, but uh such a great group, man. The, everybody there. It's so so great. So Cool. Yeah, well, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a been a real pleasure. Um Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at PencilRevolution.com, on social media at Pencilution, and on Etsy at Etsy.com slash shop slash PencilRevolution. And uh, uh, Tim, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum, and I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum. Cool. And I'm Andy Welfley. I'm at Andy.WTF, or on Instagram and Facebook. No, the other one, Twitter, as at A Welfley. Um, this is the Erasable Podcast. You can find uh, this episode and more at erasable.us. You can find show notes and a recording of this episode at erasable.us slash 254. No, not 254. 154. 154. <laughs> I don't know. I was getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, four years on. Um, and uh, you can um, come follow us on social media uh, platforms at um, Erasable Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you are so inclined, come join our Facebook group, which is one of the best places on the internet at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. We have a couple a couple new admins, some fresh blood we're adding to the mix after about five years yeah, of doing nice. this. Yeah. So Jamelia uh, Hilfiger and um, Tiffany Babb, both of, both, both of whom are pretty great community members. Um, and then, uh, yeah, come find us on Patreon. Uh, you can support the show there. Um, we are at patreon.com slash erasable. 
And speaking of which, I have a few um, producer-level Patreon supporters I'd like to thank, as we do every week. Um, thank you. Huge thank you to Andre Torres, to Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Andrew Squish, Gary Varner, Julie Molnar, uh, somebody named Ali Sarah. Hey, you're <laughs> um, welcome. <laughs> hey, uh, Jamelia, uh, James Spears, O.A. Pryor, K.P., James Dominguez, Millie Blackwell, Hunter McCain, Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline Myers, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Gangster Hotline, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkis, John Bainan, Random Thinks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Leslie Tuzay, Tuzo, uh, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Fourth Letter, Kelton Weens, Hans Noodleman, Terry Beth Ledbetter, Stuart Lennon, Dave Tubman, and uh, our friend Chris Jones. So thank you so much for supporting the Erasable. Um, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you uh, maybe in a couple weeks or maybe in 2021. We'll, we'll figure that out and let you know. 